Welcome to a special edition of the Geomologist Presents. Happy Valentine's Day. If you Happy Valentine's it. Day to you, Carl. Oh, thank you. Happy Valentine's Day, Amy. Today we have a special movie review. It's not a yeah. Western, but it yeah. is a war movie, and we're thinking about doing war movies later in the year. But today's movie is the famous and a really good movie. I've seen it a few times, Casablanca. Did you know that the first time I saw this movie, I was nine years old? Wow. So maybe you should drive the discussion then, Amy, because Casablanca. I have. And I've been in love with this movie. Haha, get it? Valentine's Day for 41 years. Hint to the viewers. Yeah. That's crazy. So I I won't say how how, people do math that you just gave away your age. I thought that was. But I'm not really. I'm not really worried about it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but um, yeah, so maybe you should lead the discussion then. Um, I usually take the reins for the, or I have been for our series. But since Casablanca is your favorite movie, yeah, you, I'll respond to you. You tell me about Casablanca. I have some cool things that I found out because it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to me. Like, I think the main thing, and we'll discuss it, is how many quotes there are from Casablanca that are kind of referred to in other movies um that you say all the time it's great i really enjoyed this movie some uh screen techniques that i enjoyed and i picked up but uh, go ahead amy tell us about casablanca well here's looking at you kid yeah anyways i had to get it out there and you'll notice it's on my little screen thing there yeah for any of those that are not used to casablanca It was a 1942 movie where Rick Blaine, played by Humphrey Bogart, is the owner of a nightclub in Casablanca, and he discovers his old flame, Ilsa, played by the absolutely gorgeous Ingrid Bergman, is in town with her husband, Victor Laszlo, and I think Paul's last name is Heinrich? Heinrich. Heinrich. I I totally apologize if I don't pronounce that right. And Laszlo is playing a famed rebel and got the Germans hot on his trail and he's broken out of a concentration camp and he's gone all over the place and he's arrived in Casablanca with the Germans hot on his trail. But Ilsa knows Rick can help them get out of the country with papers of travel. Right. It's 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 billed as a romantic, a drama film, but it, it is kind of a war movie. It's filmed and set, actually filmed and set during World War II. And it focuses on this expat, uh, Rick, played by Humphrey Bogart, and uh, and Henri is a Czechoslovak resistance leader. He escapes. He escaped from Vichy-controlled uh, France to, well, it says unoccupied Morocco and the city of Casablanca, where he wants to continue the, to take the fight against the against Nazi Germany. So, uh, yeah, it's based on Everybody Comes to Rick's, which is an unproduced stage play by Murray Burnett and Joan Allison, and it is. Uh, directed by Michael Curtis. Right, but the screenplay was actually written by Julius Epstein, Philip Epstein, and Howard Koch. I think K-O-C-H. Cool. It was produced by Hal B. Willis on and directed by Michael Kurtz. Mm -hmm. Music by Max Steiner. It runs about 102 minutes and it's from Warner Brothers. Yeah. And actually, I've read something really cool. Uh, Let's see. It was interesting, actually. Here's a little tidbit, too. 
Casablanca, definitely an A-list film. It's got Bogart and Bergman with established stars, first-rate writers. But no one involved with this production expected to stand out um, that year, actually. And it was no, rushed to release. All. It was rushed to release, actually. It is, like I said, filmed during World War II. It was rushed to release to take advantage of the publicity from the Allied invasion of North Africa a few weeks earlier. And it oh, actually yeah. opens up December 1941. So uh, you might know from your history. Um, yes, it coincides with the Allied invasion of North Africa and the capture of Casablanca. Right. Uh, the release did. But it's set, the actual film is set in December of 1941, uh, apparently or supposedly right before the Americans uh, join uh, World War II before the attack on Pearl Harbor, I'm assuming, probably like early December 1941. I thought something really interesting, too, that I found in an article uh, from the BBC on on uh, Casablanca is that um, here, Warner Brothers, they took a big risk. They took a stand, actually. Mm -hmm. It's an it's a as a PEN to anti-isolationism, charting uh, an American who makes money back on the refugee migration, because that happened uh, through North Africa at the time. Um, and then he actually says a couple times, uh, Rick does, I stick my neck out for nobody. But then he turns into a self-sacrificing anti-Nazi freedom fighter, really. Absolutely. And they took a stand. Yeah, and Hollywood studio, Warner Brothers, took a stand and created a world populated by real refugees who escaped the war in Europe, actually. So there's Absolutely. like 75 actors to, and actresses. Do you want me to go into all the fun facts I have for you? Oh yeah, let's go for the fun facts. Okay, number one, Everybody Comes to Rick's was the play that it's originally yeah. based off of. Did you know that Warner Brothers paid $20,000 in 1940 to purchase that play? In today's wow. money, that's $289,143. And the only other play they had paid that much for, they paid $8,000 for. I want to say that was Grapes of Wrath, but I'm probably wrong. Please comment. Yep. But the writers did it because the play was written as a cautionary tale against fascism. Yes, that's true. And nearly all of the 75 actors in the movie were immigrants, actually. Right, so immigrants right. Many of the actors... The war in Europe. Yeah, many of the actors themselves were victims of war. S.Z. Skull, who played the waiter, Carl, was a Jewish-Hungarian who fled Germany in 1939 and lost three of his sisters in a concentration camp. Wow. Helmut Dantry, who played the Bulgarian roulette player, spent time in a concentration camp and left Europe after being freed just in time to be in the movie. That's pretty amazing. Kurt Boyce, who played the pickpocket, and he's quite funny, was a German Jewish actor and refugee and came to the United States. Conroyd Veit, who played Major Heinrich Strasser. Ironically, a, yeah. Yes, was a German filster and refugee. And even though he fled the Nazis, he's always been cast as a Nazi in American films. I know. But I here's he the dies, kicker. Though. Here's the kicker. So the director of the movie... Michael Kurtz was a Hungarian Jewish immigrant who arrived in the United States in 1926, but his family members were not able to get here until they got out of a refugee camp from Nazi Europe shortly before the filming of the movie. Yeah, that, that's it's pretty amazing right? how this movie came together. And actually, you know, a lot of people thought it would be uh, a hill of beans, but it does have a solid plot, I thought. And oh. very intelligent script writing. And it's funny that actually the the writers of the screenplay kind of, uh, while it was adapted from that play, they kind of wrote it as they went. 
during the shooting of the movie, which I think is pretty amazing, actually. Oh, absolutely. Now picture this, Carl. The opening credits, the film is going, the plane is flying. Yep. But it's set in Lisbon. No. Yeah. That's where the original play was set. Oh, wow. Oh, the original play was set in Lisbon. Okay. Absolutely. And did you know that Ingram Bergman was almost two inches taller than Humphrey Bogart and he had to stand on blocks or sit on cushions when they were in (laughs) scenes together? That's funny. So I guess I guess in Marseille, they would have taken a left. Uh, ah, absolutely right it was also or shot right entirely in burbank california with one yeah, exception with one exception do you know what that is no i don't you're gonna tell me though i am the opening scene where we see the nazi villain heinrich strasser flying past an airplane hangar is actually shot at van Nuys airport in van Nuys, La- los angeles yeah oh van nice yeah uh-huh. cool. that's pretty interesting and did you know that in 1942, at the summit of conferences held in Casablanca, attended by Franklin D. Roosevelt and Prime Minister Winston Churchill, they both came out and said that it was one of their favorite movies? Wow. Two months after its release. So it is It is a patriotic war movie. It is? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it did. I don't know. I don't want to say it's a piece of propaganda, but maybe like people seeing it got, well, it happened while we were already in the war, but maybe it it convinced people to get more behind the, the war and the fight. Against. Can I also boggle your mind? Do you okay. know what line from the movie is so misquoted, but never actually appears in the movie? Oh, I was going to bring that up, but you're going to tell me anyway. Well, go, go ahead. ahead and guess. No, go ahead. Play it guess. again, Sam. It's I'm not gonna, yeah, I was going to guess it was play it again, Sam. That's not what, that's not what was said. No, Ilsa no. actually says, play it once, Sam, or play it, Sam. And Rick says, Play it, play it, play it again, Sam, but never play it again and then Sam. Right. It's play it, Sam. Play it as time goes by. Mm-hmm. That's what Ingrid Bergman says. And then, then uh, and Humphrey Bogart reprises that and he says, he says, I, I never want to hear that song again. Play it. Just play it or something like that. You know. Oh, anyway. absolutely. What Do you it's remember good. the song as the time goes by? As time goes by? Yeah. That was originally not meant to be in Casablanca. Huh. But because Ingrid Bergman had already filmed the scene, they left it in. And did you know that that song spent 21 weeks on Hit Parade, which was at the time their their hot top 100? Yeah, yeah. 21 weeks. Can wow, you that's imagine? Really that's pretty amazing. So it definitely was well-received. Um, I didn't look at the numbers. Uh, here we go. It cost a million to make, and it made like $6.9 million. So that's a pretty really good return for back then, uh, I think. Absolutely. So, so it it you know, uh, quintupled its value, sextupled its value. So one um, would state it's still gaining value. I mean, it's it's almost every movie theater is showing it for Valentine's Day. Oh really? Which makes me pretty happy. Hmm. Uh oh. Is this a hint hint on what we're doing for Valentine's Day? Oh, don't worry. I own the movie. We can watch yeah, we it own the movie. Day. We can watch it whenever. Yeah. <laughs> get our own popcorn, get up when we need to. Yep, totally. Absolutely. But I believe it was actually up for 11 Academy Awards. It won three. Yeah, it was yeah, nominated for eight, won three. There are other awards it was nominated for, but it definitely oh. won Best Picture. It's nominated and then won. Yes. Best Picture, Best Director for Curtis. And the mm-hmm. Epstein's and Coach were um, 
honored for best adapted screenplay. So mm -hmm. it, yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. So lead characters, you know, amazing lead characters, memorable lines, pervasive theme songs. So it's really an iconic, an iconic uh, movie. And it, and it's another one that is in the uh, in 1989, the Library of Congress selected it as one of the films for preservation in the National Film Registry. And I think we already looked at, seen one other Bogart film, uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, that was done that way, as was High Noon and uh, A Man Who Shot Liberty Balance. So so we're we're hitting hitting all of these, all of these check boxes, all of these check boxes. So <laughs> if our watchers are wanting to watch it for Valentine's Day, if you have a subscription to Max, you can watch it on there. Yeah, I, I didn't see if it was. I mean, you can you guys can check because I know Treasure of Sierra Madre was kind of available through the Library of Congress for free, so you can see if Casablanca is. I don't I don't know. Everybody Occasionally knows. it is, but because there's still royalties that oh, okay. go, sometimes it's not. I know you can rent it on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Vudu, mm -hmm. um, all the rest of them. But uh, why not just buy it? Once you watch it once, you've got to keep watching it. Yeah, for those I feel, iconic I feel like movie quotes that you're going to go over. I know we've been married some time and we've seen it like three times during our marriage, but maybe it should become a tradition. It was actually, I don't know, I was, I guess I was in the mood, but it was actually a really good movie when we watched it the other day. Mm -hmm. Really good. So, I absolutely um, love it. So I've teamed about those movie quotes. Did you want to do them? Uh, yeah, you want to talk movie quotes first or you want to talk cast? Let's talk cast first. You want to talk cast first. Okay, then we've got to start with my absolute favorite actor of all time for men, which is Humphrey Bogart. Definitely, as Rick Blaine. Mm -hmm. Ingrid Bergman is my second favorite female actress, and she plays Ilsa Lund. Yep. We already talked about Paul. Paul Henri plays Victor Laszlo, yes. Mm -hmm. Claude Rains plays Captain Luis Reynold. One of my favorite. He's, I think he's my favorite uh, supporting actor in this movie. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't imagine this movie without any of these characters. Right. And Conrad Voigt was Major Heinrich Strausser. We already a really talked good about. bad guy. Really good bad guy, actually. And I, apparently he's a really or was a really great guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And actually, Peter, he was a refu refugee German actor. He, he fled the Nazis with his Jewish wife. So... Mm -hmm. And again, ironically, he played Nazis in American films. He was actually the highest paid member of the cast. And unfortunately, he died shortly after the film's release. So you never know. Yeah. But then there's Peter Lore. Peter Lorre, yeah. He has Ugarty. I love that's also he's like that's an iconic voice. You see that voice. Well, I used to watch I mean, I'm sure we all watch Looney Tunes, actually owned by Warner Brothers, interestingly. We watch Looney Tunes a lot, and they would always have some character in the cartoon who talks like Peter Lorre does as Signore Ugarte in this movie. Absolutely. I mean, it's just the, the actors go on and on and right. on. But I mean, I just can't imagine the film with any other actor. Right, right. I mean, and, and the other second build actor was Sidney Greenstreet who played Signor Ferrari. Uh, we have, like you mentioned, Kurt, uh, Kurt, Kurt Boyce, Leon Kinski, um, who is a Russian bartender, Sasha, the Russian bartender. Um, he actually was the author of the Round Up the Usual Suspects, The Making of Casablanca. And mm -hmm. he was he was in the cast because he was actually a Bogart's drinking buddy, which is kind of kind of funny. Uh, Madeline LeBeau was Yvonne, um, his Rick's former girlfriend. 
Um, Joy Page uh, was a the young Bulgarian refugee. Um, John Kalin, uh, Quaylen was uh, Laszlo's resistance contact. Carl the Waiter, you've mentioned already, SK mm -hmm. Sakal. And then very notably, uh, kind of the singer and the musician behind the scenes, or in, in a lot of the scenes, uh, was Dooley Wilson as Sam. So one of the few Americans uh, born members cast in the movie, actually. And um, yeah, he was actually a drummer and he had a fake playing the piano, but he did a great job uh, faking playing the piano. Oh, he did. And I mean, man, I can't imagine that movie without him in it. Right. And I mean, I'll just say it that I think they did an incredible job of picking the cast. I mean, th yeah. there's not one actor or actress, even the even the little, I guess you could say extras they had. Yes. Well, a lot of like you said, like we said, there are uh, 75 of them were actual immigrants, actors uh, probably fleeing Europe uh, from the war. Absolutely. So, I mean, I just mm, brings tears to my eyes and it makes you really, really want to just reach out and be like, just get on the plane. Yeah, just get on the plane. Unfortunately, that's not part of the quotes. So I guess no, we're talking not. quotes. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about there's some amazing quotes in this movie. Uh, we haven't gotten to the plot yet. I want to say as well as quotes, though, um, this technique or kind of a device that they use where you follow the travel on the map that you definitely was made famous. And it seems like it's an homage uh, to Casablanca in Raiders of the Lost Ark is where they have the little dots of the travel from Paris to Marseille, then across the Mediterranean to Oman, and then from Oman by train to Casablanca. I think that's pretty amazing. Like, I was like, whoa, I didn't remember that when I saw it. I'm like, holy, you know, holy shnikes, Batman. That is what they do in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, definitely Spielberg uh, got that. He was influenced. I mean, Ray the Lost Ark clearly is a Saturday morning kind of uh, action film um, type of movie. And Steven Spielberg got a lot of inspiration from the movies that he, he probably saw while he was a, a kid, a Saturday morning, which would include like Casablanca among them. So I thought that was that was a pretty cool. And I was like, man, I guess, you know, Ray the Lost Ark is really trying to get that that pre-war, you know, world during the war kind of uh World War II vibe, you know, that that is apparent uh, in that in that movie and Raiders of the Lost Ark specifically. So we talked about play it, Sam, play as time goes by. And that's when Ingrid Bergman, who recognizes Sam. And I love, I love that sort of construct again that you're like, oh, she knows Sam. I mean, when when she walks in the bar and Rick sees her, you know, he recognizes her, but then she Sam is the first person that that Ilsa Ingrid Bergman's character interacts with, and you know, she says, "Play it, play it, Sam. As time, play as time goes by." And then, of course, <laughs> when she walks in, it's another great quote. Uh, can I say it, or do you want to say it, Amy? You go ahead. All right. Of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world, she walks into mine. And actually, we were playing a game this morning, and as soon as I mentioned Casablanca, one of the players like, "Oh, of all the gin joints in the world and all the towns." She walks into I mean, all the world. She walks into mine, so it's great. So it's definitely quoted. Uh, and this person is not is not he's a he's a lot younger than us. So I guess he appreciates these old films. So it's really great. So um, his parents make him watch it, and, <laughs> and if he's watching the video, he knows who he is. Yeah, yeah. So, but, so that's an amazing quote, and I think it's referenced again in Raiders of the Lost Ark when um, when Marion uh, Ravenwood, uh, played by Karen Allen, 
says, you know, to Indy or says, shouts out to Indy, you know, I knew I always, Indiana Jones, I always knew you'd come walking back through my door, which it really is a kind of a, a paraphrase or homage to, uh, to what Rick says when Ingrid comes in. Oh, yes. But I mean, you're watching it. And if you've never seen Casablanca, you start watching it and it's like quote after quote after quote. You're like, really? But I will say one of my favorite, well, I mean, I love the whole film, but one of my favorite little stick it to you type parts is when Rick and the captain are coming down the steps and they're going to have the Nazis come in and take a table for this big arrest. And he's saying, oh, you should give him a table by the pretty women. And he's like, I didn't think I had to give it to him. He's a German. He'll take it. Yeah, that was that was a quote by um, by actually S.K. Sakal or S.K. Uh, S.Z. Sakal. That's mm-hmm. Carl, the waiter. So absolutely. Um, I, guess I, I think I was named after him, actually. No, I don't uh, know. No, you spell yours with a K. He spells his with a K. Maybe. But like German, Austrian. <laughs> something like that. Yep. And then the other part I like is when Victor Laszlo goes over and the Germans run the piano. Oh, that was amazing. That was an amazing scene. And yeah. he goes over to the band and starts having them play La Marseille. La Marseille, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's interesting that so uh, Strasser and his group of German officers are singing Die Walk on Rhine. So I, I walk on the Rhine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I walk the Rhine. Uh, and which is a German patriotic song, and Laszlo orders a house band to, band to play La Marseille, and uh, and Rick nods because you know Rick says I don't do anything for I don't stick my neck out for anybody, but you know mm-hmm. subtly subtly he sticks out his neck out for people. Um, he is as as uh, Captain Renault says, Rick, you are a sentimentalist. He says that a few times. <laughs> so. Absolutely, I think another funny part is when at the end of the movie they're at the hangar. He's, he's having um having him fill out the letters of transit. Yep. And he has he's showing him his gun. He's like, don't make me shoot you in the heart. And he says, Oh, that's the least vulnerable thing I have. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those aren't the, those are really great quotes, but they aren't like the main quotes. Because no, then you know not. he's looking at you, kid, which is he says at the end, and then during the uh during the Paris flashback. Uh, so I guess we were wrong. This is a 42 film. We were wrong about the use of flashback, this, uh, the uh, man from Liberty Valance being the first. It's clearly here in Casablanca, they have a flashback going to Paris as a sort of montage where you know, Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogart's character have their their liaison with Ingrid Bergman thinking that you know her husband in a concentration camp is dead, right? So, right, but Humphrey Bogart doesn't know that she's married at this right. point in time. Right. But getting back to what you were talking about with the flashback, although they're using flashbacks, I think the man that shot Liberty Valance, the difference is the movie is set as a flashback coming forward. This, they're filling in the plot with flashbacks. So I think you're still right about that. I don't know. Comment down below, listeners. Let us know. Yep, yep. Um, So then he says he's looking at you, kid. He says that in the Paris flashback and then at the end. And then... And then when Ingrid says, no, I want to stay. And he, she says, no, you, you need to go. So so he does kind of give her up in a way. Um, but he really knows that she is in love with her husband, with Victor Laszlo, and wants to. And not just because of who Victor Laszlo in, not that Rick is just a chump, but because Victor Laszlo her, and their dream together is more important than Rick's um, than Rick's own happiness. I think that's, to me, a, a theme. A theme in her. And he says, we'll always have Paris. 
which is an amazing line as well. Oh, absolutely. Makes you cry, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it almost brings tears to your eyes if I were a sentimentalist, uh, but I probably am. So Probably cool. Rick is. Right, and then uh, there at the end, there's another quotable quote, which is when, uh, and Captain Ralt says this before, um, uh, when they're going after the people in the in the beginning who uh, stole the courier papers anyway, um, he says, he says, round up the usual suspects. He actually mm -hmm. says, uh, Strasser is dead. Um, round up the usual suspects, which is a great line that you see. I mean, you see it in many, many films, many cop dramas, many, many type of films today. I, I, I feel like it was in used in the usual suspects, round up the usual suspects. And then they parade them all, all there to, you know, to get their, their pictures taken um, as they're booked. So that, that's pretty cool. That's a definitely a quotable quote. Um, yes, it is. It is behind the title. Actually, I'm reading here in my little cheat notes that this line is provided proved to be the inspiration behind the title of that Brian Singer film, The Usual Suspects. So that's pretty cool. And then finally, do you want to say the other one that is in every single that Bugs Bunny says all the time in every single uh, Warner Brothers movie when he makes a new ally? I will let you do it. All right. It says Louis. Well, because so basically Renault helps Bogart to help Berg uh, to help uh Ilsa Bergman and Henri Laszlo get away. So they escape the good guys win. They killed they killed the Nazi at the end. Um, spoiler. And then uh he says, Louis, because they both have to flee now. They're like, oh, we're done. We have to flee. There's no way we can stay here with all the heat that's gonna come down. And so Louis, uh Louis Renault, who has been to me like a sort of a passive, passively resisting the Germans the whole time. He says, no, he says, no, we gotta go. And then uh, Bogart says, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's think... a great way to end the film. But I have one more little trivia for you. Okay. Did you know that the Epstein brothers never actually came up with a reason why Rick could not return to America? Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, you can make up like whatever story. Like they, even Renault speculates, oh, did you murder someone? Right, but eventually Julius Epstein said that he and his brother tried very hard to come up with a reason why Rick couldn't return to America, but nothing seemed right. And they finally decided never to give a reason. Right, but Rick is a Rick is kind of like a hero, right? I mean, in a way, he, he fought uh, much like, uh, well, I don't know, Hemingway fought. I guess he did fight uh, for the loyalists in Spain. But Rick, Rick Blaine, the character that Humphrey Bogart plays, fought against the fascist in for the loyalists in Spain and then he also helped uh against you know he he also helped run guns to Ethiopia against the Italians uh prior to World War II so you know he's he's an adventurer type as well so and and I think that's great that's a great little piece of trivia to me that you know we don't know what he did but of course you know Renault speculates you know, did you sleep with the pilot with the senator's daughter? Did you kill somebody? You know, kind of trying to get it out of him because Rick is pretty is that man, that tough man who's like, you know, keeps things close to his vest. You know, so uh, so I mean, that's pretty cool. That's funny. I so do we want to do other funny little trivia for you? Great, you're okay. running the show. I'm trying to. So in the 1980s. The script from Casablanca, they changed a few things and sent it out to several major studios and production companies under the name Everybody Comes to Rick's and asked if anyone wanted to pick up the movie to redo it. 
And some recognized it, some didn't, but most of them said there's not enough sex to make a decent movie and there's too much dialogue and it's too dated, so not worth our time. Won't be a hit. Which is a cr crazy talk. I think it would actually do well today. There's a, there's implied <laughs> there's implied sexual situations or implied adult themes. That's what they always say. I I think it's rated PG anyway, right? I think so. I mean, they like were the censored so it's much making yeah. the movie yeah. that the only real bad word they used was hell. And I think they were told they could only use it a max of like eight times in the entire film. Right, right. Yeah, so, uh, but there is like, there is implied relations. I mean, it's it's an adulterous relationship, really. So it's not that dated. Now, I, I disagree with the dialogue. There's a lot of movies nowadays that, like usual suspects, they have to pay attention to what, what the hell they're saying. And a lot of other movies where you got to do that. I mean, I guess if they had tried to bill it as an action movie, it wouldn't quite work. Um, it's more of like a, like a, like a espionage film noir, uh, romantic war movie, right? So, so, so there you go. But I mean, the dialogue is very poignant, right? I think a lot of things are very poignant. <clears throat> if you see the original, you sit there and like, why would you want to remake it? Now, granted, it was completely done in California. The ones that had done it, it, well, the ones that wrote it and everything had never been to Casablanca for obvious reasons. There's a little bit of a war going on. But... I mean, don't you, when that comes up, you're like, oh, that's got to be what it looks like. Absolutely not. It's a lot of stones and dirt and dust. And it's it it's not like that. But it pictures up things in your mind that makes you, oh, I really want to go to Casablanca someday. Well, it's a, it's supposed to be a, a, a beautiful city in Morocco anyway. It's supposed to be very nice. So Oh, I'm um, sure it's absolutely gorgeous. But it's not like that. <laughs> right. Uh, but they don't really, sh they, I mean, they show like a busy market street, kind of like they do Cairo in Ridge of the Lost Ark, another influence, a busy, crowded, uh, you know, but Middle they did Eastern, it. Arab themed, North African street. Um, uh, I think they but, did a great job of showing how people were oppressed during the war, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. They yeah. couldn't travel. They They waited months, weeks, days, years for their transport papers. And they mm -hmm. had to stay in non-occupied areas and family members would go and family members would stay and just the toils of war. So I think this movie is so much more than just about Rick and Elsa. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's the backdrop of the war adds so much to the movie, right? I mean, even from the beginning, we don't even meet Rick uh, for the first five to five to eight minutes of the movie because they they talk about, you know, they have the the, the Germans come in um you meet Renault, they're chasing you hear you see the stuff like how the refugees get there uh they're chasing some um french resistance people through the streets and they they gun one down so well, that's kind of how it opens and then it gets to rick's right it gets to rick's cafe americaine absolutely and you if as you watch the movie you'll see when they're showing people that they feel are doing good things there's a light on their face when they're talking about doing something that they don't think is good, they use only shadows on the face, getting back to the shadows and light and darkness and the use of music and just foreshadowing in a literal sense. And you yeah, see the, the mist and the clouds and, and then right. light and airy when they're in Paris. And then you hear the, 
the sirens go off and they start telling them how they're going to react when the Nazis walk in and you just see this whole dismal look come over. I just, it's amazing. I yeah. And like Ingrid Bergman's face is always like lit up with that soft light. You know, I think in every scene, except for uh, when they're talking to Ferrari, um, I think it's because that's during the day, but when, you know, her late face is always like has that soft light or that aura around it, right? Almost mm -hmm. angelic, right? Um, which is interesting. So yeah, here's so, my question for you. Okay. What system would you game Casablanca with? Oh, I, I thought we'd get that to that at the end, but um, but we don't you don't want to talk plot then. We don't need to talk plot, I don't think. Then we already um, did. I mean well, I guess we've implied it. I guess the gist of it, if you've it. never seen Casablanca, uh, I guess we should give someone. So the whole the whole the whole thing revolves around um Laszlo and and uh Ilsa. Ilsa come into town and they want to get away to Lisbon and then on to America to the United States, right? As refugees. Laszlo is an escaped prisoner from the concentration camp. Um and it kind of builds slowly that you know the Germans know he's here, they know what he's about, they're gonna capture him, and eventually they want to kill him, right? They imply that they want to kill him. But another a player in this area so so refuge papers to get out are hard to come by and expensive and then mm -hmm. and then uh and rick and cafe americane is like a, a a place where you can make these deals right it's got a gam it's got gambling it's got singing it's got drinking all that kind of stuff so you know it's a it's a cafe it's like a, a bar you know gin joint there you go so so anyway so it, it does uh so you, you kind of set the scene with the killing of the French resistance people uh, that Renault goes around. And then um, this petty crook, uh, Ugarte, uh, Senor Ugarte, who's played by Peter Lorre, he boasts to Rick about the letters of transit that he received. And it's implied that he either arranged or took part in the murdering of these two German carri carriers to get them. And then the bearers would allow people to travel freely around German-occupied Europe and, and neutral Portugal, which is the important thing. So, and then Ugarte wants to sell them, but then he's, I guess he feels that he's being chased or people know what's going on. So he asks Rick to hold him. Um, they round up Ugarte and it's, and he's killed off camera. Um, he's killed in jail off camera. And then at that point, um, Ilso comes in, right? The reason for Rick's cynical nature. I don't get involved. I never stick, I don't stick my neck out for nobody, right? He also doesn't sit down and have drinks with anybody. Right, he doesn't do that at all. all. Um, as much as as Renault wants him to, Renault calls him a sentimentalist, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, there's I, what I like is that there's a lot of I know, I know what you know, but I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call you out directly, right? There, I love that kind of dialogue. Like I know I know what you're hiding, but I'm not gonna call you out directly, and I don't know exactly that you do, but I'm pretty sure that you do. I, I like that kind of <laughs> you know, intrigue. They're like spies without being spies. Oh yeah, yeah, this is great. So, so, um, and then they play as time goes by. Rick is furious, um, and he's stunned to see Ilsa, and then she's accompanied by Laszlo, who she doesn't—he does not know yet that it's her husband, right? They just know that Laszlo is an important fugitive um, from the Czechoslovak resistance. So, right, um, he was told not to let him get out. Yep, and then Rick, seeing this, he kind of gets—he kind of drinks a whole bottle of something, and you get the Paris flashback where he and Ilsa, where he knows Ilsa. And that they were together, and um, and then when the Germans um, stormed or captured Paris, right, right as the Germans are capturing Paris, they flee, or or he they they're gonna the plan is to flee, 
and they're on the last train out of Paris. And uh, he, he and Sam are like looking for Ilsa and she doesn't show up. And then there's a great scene where, you know, he's holding the letter that that uh, Sam found for her, found by her from the hotel because Sam had to go check on her. And uh, and it's kind of it's like, say, I'm sorry. Uh, don't ask me why. We probably will never see each other again. And then it kind of melts. The, it melts away in the rain, which I think is for that. Well, the ink the runs off yeah. as it, just as if it was mascara on a woman's eyes running down. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty, actually very interesting uh, um, simile that you're using. Because um, I've seen cool. the movie way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. So, uh, yeah, so then uh, it, it's very interesting. And, of course, uh, they, this couple needs the letters to get out. Right. And mm -hmm. then a German uh, major Strasser arrives in Casablanca to try to prevent that. And then they introduce Senor Ferrari, who wants to buy the bar, but he's also an underworld figure in the sort of refugee trade. And um, he's Rick's friendly business rival. Like I said, he wants to buy uh, Rick's cafe. But he's and actually he knows he... a really good guy in the end. Yeah, it turns out to be a really good guy. So then we have that great scene that you described uh, in the bar where there's this, you know, the, they drop the, the French um here in unoccupied and that's what print that that's what Renault says all the time unoccupied France <laughs> even though it's Vichy controlled it's unoccupied right it's unoccupied but I mean the best part about that scene is I was reading what different people said about it and all the extras all the tears and the singing are the actual people oh, it's genuine right well wow. it's genuine and you amazing. feel it you almost want I mean I don't know the song well enough, but as many times I've uh, watched it, I can mouth the words, but I still don't know what they're saying. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it does bring tears to your eyes and makes you feel for them. Right. And of course, because of that, the Germans tell Bernal to close down the bar or the club, you know, in this flimsy pretext. So. But that that's a funny scene because he's closing down the bar and then out of the casino, the guy's like, here's your winnings. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> He's funny. like, gambling. I'm surprised there's gambling going on here. Yeah. And there's also a really neat scene there where he helps a, 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 a refugee couple uh, by helping them, you know, win some money so they can get out of town. So I thought that was that was pretty. there's some there's some nuance there as well. Um, you should watch the movie. I recommend to just to detect all the and see all the nuance within that interaction um but it, it's pretty cool so so later uh after that scene in the bar ilsa confronts it, it goes pretty fast i mean like it isn't uh 102 minutes so that it goes pretty fast the movie um mm -hmm. I, I, why why there's a lot of, i don't think there's a lot of superfluous dialogue the dialogue sets up a lot of stuff there's a scene when we first get to rick's in fact um when we first yeah we first introduced rick's cafe american where all these people are talking about their little plots and their little secrets which i think is pretty neat mm -hmm. yeah so then uh ilsa confronts rick in the cafe right yeah. and he refuses to give her the letters uh, because he still you know wants her she threatens him with a gun but then confesses that she still loves him and then she tells him why she left paris right um she thought her husband was right. killed and she learned that he was not and hiding in paris but what's interesting is she's holding the gun at him and Humphrey Bogart walks all the way up to the gun and says, I'll make it easier for you, knowing full well this is an empty threat. Yeah, yeah. And knowing That's full great... well that although she says she loves him, she really loves her husband. Right, right. She's just using all, all her guile and wiles so that she can get those letters so they can uh, get out of town. Well, maybe, I don't know. It's never really explained. She never stressed 
flat out says that that's from Bogart. It's Bogart's interpretation or Rick's interpretation in the final scene, you know. Right. So well, anyway, he says that maybe. she tried everything, but he couldn't. Right. He's like, she just wanted her husband and her to be gone. Yeah. At least in, in Rick's interpretation of the events that happened, whether they did or not, that's what he tells Laszlo to, you know. To get to, on the plane. To get on the plane. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool, I think. Oh, the other thing too is that you know that that not that that kind of scene, you've seen that a lot too, where uh the love the former love interest is confronted with a gun, um, and then he steps up and says, I'll make it easy for you, and steps closer so that you can sh shoot him in the heart, put him out of his misery, right? So that's that's a very common common sort of scene that uh, I you know we, we see here in Casablanca and is used um in other movies. So so yeah, so when not the, bad for a movie that was never supposed to be a hit. Mm -hmm. Oh, there is there is some there is somewhere along this there is a you know um, earlier on before the day before the big um, the big confrontation between the Germans and the French singing uh, there is a you know Rick uh, does you know because they're trying to get out of there so they're looking for these papers they talk to Ferrari he tells them that Rick probably has them uh, but then Rick says yeah they're probably going through my uh going through my bar ransacking it uh so that they can find him but they they don't because he hit him he hit him in the piano right spoiler uh so uh, so yeah so anyway uh the police tr uh, try to arrest laszlo in a trumped up charb rick persuades them to release him because they come to the bar to say to go away um they can get him on a better charge yep yeah, yep yeah. and then rick uh explains it he and Ilsa are going to use the letters to leave for America. So when Renault tries to arrest Lazo, Rick forces him at gunpoint to assist in the escape. And I would say Renault kind of reluctant, you know, he doesn't put up a fight. Right? So that's why I, I, think... I think Renault wanted to see this go forward. He wanted to see Laszlo continue in his rebel ways and fight the Nazis. I mean, I think Although... everybody across the board was part of their circumstances right right although i mean it is curious i mean i don't know if renault is setting strasser up then with sort of this interpretation but he does tip off renault because he does call him and say oh uh let these people you know don't don't uh uh hinder us as we go uh towards the airport well i think he does that for the simple reason that if he doesn't alert them He's dead on arrival, I guess you could say. He's trying to save face, you know, at the circumstances of what he was having to do. And he left anyways. Or maybe his intention was to always take him out. Yeah, maybe it was setting up Strasser, right? Because um, it's too late for Strasser to round up all the guards and he rushes out there alone. But but I love Rick's line too, when, when the, the last moment he makes Ilsa board the plane to Lisbon, to Lisbon with Laszlo telling her that she would regret if she stayed. He says, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. Um, so, and then she says, but, but I love you, Rick. And then she says, but he says, well, we'll always have Paris. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing. And then there's a, as they board the plane, the plane is taxiing on the runway, Strasser arrives and uh, there's a confrontation between uh, Rick and Major Strasser and Strasser draws a gun, but Rick is too quick on the draw and shoots him dead. And then when the police arrive, Renault says, uh, or orders them to round up the usual suspects. Because he's been shot. 
and then and this he actually says they actually tell you where they're going because Renault says that he and Rick should uh, join the Free French in Brazzaville. Uh, and then as they walk away, Rick says, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Credits. Right? Credits roll. Close scene. <laughs> well, that's a quick summary of the plot. Go see the movie. Now we're going to talk about games, I guess. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead, Amy. You first. You, you brought it up. So you talk about games first. I think just about anything would work with it. Yeah, some, some World War II games that come to mind uh, since we're doing this. I think are like Octune Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. Or the new Cohorts Cthulhu. Well, Cohorts Cthulhu takes place in Rome, but Octune Cthulhu is like sort of the World War II version of that same sort of verse. But definitely um, Octune well, Cthulhu even, could work. Even your Delta Green, maybe? Um, Or even straight out Cthulhu. There's like a World War II Cthulhu that was put out in sixth edition. Mm -hmm. So uh, Delta Green, I guess Delta Green could work, but it's, yeah, well, it is. Well, it's Delta Green deadly. is sort of, yeah, Delta Green is sixth edition Call of Cthulhu. All right. So, I mean, I guess in a way, Savage Worlds could work. Yeah. If you want a more pulpy. If you fail your batting of your eyes at Rick, you could just keep throwing bennies out there. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's kind of funny. So, I think what's what's cool is actually, so speaking of Call of Cthulhu, so there is this new product that's going to, is coming out. Um, by the Sasson Files uh, publishing that takes place actually in Morocco. It's called The Blessed and the Blasphemous. Um, it's a Call of Cthulhu 7th edition product that's coming out. They've done, they did the Kickstarter and I think I might either, it might even be shipping, at least it's been printed and it might be shipping, which is kind of mm -hmm. cool. But it sounds it, like it, though, we're going to have to do that yeah. for the channel. Yeah, we might have to, to well, I think we might, we'll definitely want to play it, but I think there is actually one of the chapters is where you are part of a a film crew making a movie, um, making a movie in Morocco, so sort of a homage uh, to um, Casablanca. Casablanca. Was it wasn't filmed in Morocco. Yeah, yeah. So it does take place, you know. In of course, it, the adventure takes place all throughout Morocco, but but definitely Casablanca is a uh, yeah. They have something called Chloe's Cafe, uh, mm -hmm. lights, camera, action. Uh, the sultan the, the sultan's movie right uh so the dogs of war so so yeah you know so it's pretty pretty interesting that you could actually do this so uh do you... we might have to put a link in the show notes for people right. to get a copy of that so after they finish watching casablanca right, either right. the first time or the you know 49th time mm -hmm. then you know they can play the game Right. On Valentine's Day with a box of chocolates and a glass of champagne. Or right. some gin, maybe more appropriately gin. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting that the Blessed and the Blasphemous, it definitely is going to have a homage uh, to uh, to Casablanca, the movie, you know, having, filming, a, well, not, it's not what happened in real Casablanca, obviously, they didn't film it on location, but, uh, you know, it was kind of big, you know, it was big and, um, Movies were big during that time, right? So, oh, absolutely. But the more important question is, have I switched you to liking black and white films yet? Uh, not really, but there's some that are good. And Casablanca, I'm keep trying. Casablanca is among them. Casablanca is my favorite. Right. Right. So, well, I think I, our viewers should comment down below how many times they've seen Casablanca. That'd be pretty cool if you did that. Is there? I think that's it. 
that's all we got, right? Go well, watch Casablanca if you have it. I Absolutely. know we spoiled it, but it's been around for a while. Or actually, more than likely, you've probably seen Casablanca. Go see it again. Absolutely. And happy Valentine's Day. I mean, it's well acted, well directed. The music is incredible. And if you don't have any ideas as to what to do for Valentine's Day, stream it off of Max. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Maybe we'll do it again. Hmm. Here's looking at you, kid. All right. Well, I think that's all we got. That's it. Oh,